Well, good morning. I'm Pastor Michael Hall. Welcome to our online Facebook Live worship service for Sandoval and Boulder United Methodist Parish. want to welcome you today. And as we begin, I don't really have any announcements uh, to make at this time, but we are continuing to monitor the situation that is ongoing related to the pandemic, and hopefully before too long, we will be able to resume in-person worship again. Aside from that, I don't really have any other announcements at this time, uh, so, uh, but I do want to say a Happy New Year, and we will be beginning a new series today on the book of Ecclesiastes that will run up to Ash Wednesday. So that is where we are going to be at for the next few weeks. So aside from that, again, I welcome you to our service today, and let's open with a word of prayer. Most gracious, holy, and loving God, Lord, we come to you today, your grateful and thankful people, in this new year. We pray as we go into this year that you will begin your healing process. We pray that, uh, and we look forward to better days to come. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us to learn from 2020, that we would grow from it, and that we would be more like the church that you have called us to be in this new year. We praise you and we thank you when we ask that, your wor- that our worship here today would be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Uh, Please join me in our call to worship. Eternal God, you call us to ventures of which we cannot see the ending by paths as yet untrodden through perils unknown. Give us faith to go out with courage, not knowing where we go, but only that your hand is leading us and your love supporting us. Amen.
I just remembered I do have one announcement to make. Tuesday evening, January 12th, we are wanting to have an in-person church council meeting. Um, that is the second Tuesday in January, I would say at 7 in the evening. And those of you who are heads of the various committees, so our treasurer and our lay leader and our uh, chair of the trustees, our chair of the PPR, um, also our chair for the uh, worship and outreach committee, uh, as well as our church council chair uh, and a representative from Shalom should really all try to attend as we do discuss plans for the upcoming year. So uh, you should know who you are, uh, but if you could plan on coming to that meeting, we will be wearing masks and we will be distanced in the uh, fellowship hall, so all should be fine with that. But please, if you can, January 12th at 7 p.m., please plan on attending that church council meeting. With that, uh, I want to uh, encourage all of you as we come into this time of prayer to come to God in this new year asking His guidance and His, His uh, direction as we begin a new year, as we begin to look and see how God is calling us to be the church in the world that we live in so that his light might shine in all corners of the earth. Most gracious, holy, and loving God, again as we come into this new year, we pray your blessings be upon us. We pray your guidance and direction that we might be your church to shine your light in the world. Holy God, we come to you praying that you'd forgive us where we have failed you both as individuals 
and as a church to reach out to those who need to experience your love. Break us and remake us into the image of your Son, that we might be your people. Gracious God, in this new year, we pray for a swift end to the pandemic. We pray that you would guide and direct our leaders in government, both in our state, nation, and throughout all the world, to do what is necessary to help bring an end to this uh, horribly difficult time that we've experienced over this past year, and that we might learn from it and be better people because of it. Gracious God, we pray for all of our healers, our peacekeepers and peacemakers, our doctors, nurses, and our military and our law enforcement, Lord. Please guide and direct them all and let them know that they are never alone, but that you are with them. And we pray especially for those who are friends and family of these churches. Gracious God, we pray for those who need your healing. We pray for those who are grieving the loss of loved ones. We lift them up to you, praying that you'd touch them and give them your peace. And most of all, Lord, we pray for those that do not know you. Again, we pray in this new year that you would move us to shine your light in the world. That all might come to know you and be saved. Father, God, all of these joys and concerns we bring to you today and we lay them down at your feet in the name of your son, Jesus, knowing you hear our every prayer and the power of your Holy Spirit. We continue to pray to you this day, the prayer your son, Jesus, taught us to pray so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Oh.
Well, as I mentioned, we will be starting a series on Ecclesiastes beginning today. Sometime back in September, I had decided that with the world the way that it was, a series on Ecclesiastes would be good. And before you groan and think of how depressing that sounds, my goal is going to be to look at all of the various, very valid existential complaints of King Solomon and answer them with Jesus. So we begin with Ecclesiastes chapter 1. It says, These are the words of the teacher, King David's son, who ruled in Jerusalem. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher, completely meaningless. What do people get for all their hard work under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth never changes. The sun rises and the sun sets, then hurries round to rise again. The wind blows south and then turns north. Around and around it goes, blowing in circles. Rivers run into the sea, but the sea is never full. Then the water returns again to the rivers and flows out again to the sea. Everything is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. History merely repeats itself. It has all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Sometimes people say, here is something new, but actually it is old. Nothing is ever truly new. We don't remember what happened in the past, and in future generations, no one will remember what we are doing now. I, the teacher, was king of Israel, and I lived in Jerusalem. I devoted myself to search for understanding and to explore by wisdom everything being done under heaven. I soon discovered that God has dealt a tragic existence to the human race. I observed everything going on under the sun, and really it is all meaningless, like chasing the wind. What is wrong cannot be made right. What is missing cannot be recovered. I said to myself, look, I am wiser than any of the kings who ruled in Jerusalem before me. I have greater wisdom and knowledge than any of them. So I set out to learn everything from wisdom to madness and folly. But I learned firsthand that pursuing all this is like chasing the wind. The greater my wisdom, the greater my grief. To increase knowledge only increases sorrow. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Western civilization has been running on a high point for the last 300 years or so. But even before the pandemic and the political and social upheaval of last summer, 
We were starting to see cracks in the dam of self-confidence that we had built around ourselves. Our institutions have been revealed to be much more fragile than we thought. The political soothsayers of today, the pollsters, have once again been proved to be out of touch with everyday people, as what was supposed to be a day of reckoning became very much the revelation that we as a society are split 50-50 between two drastically different sets of ideals. As we look at our world, it is easy to join in with Solomon and say that everything is meaningless and futile. To understand Ecclesiastes, we need just a little bit of background. Ecclesiastes is attributed to Solomon because he was the wisest king to ever live, as we believe. But the irony is, is as wise as he was in ruling, he wasn't wise enough to stick to God, the one who gave him wisdom like glue. Solomon, we know, becomes king when David dies. He began his rule as a young king, but not likely a boy. The passage that we read, that we think of when he talks to God asking for wisdom, in which uh, some people point to and say this shows that he became king when he was a boy. It's actually more of a turn of phrase. Solomon was saying, I'm like a child. I don't really know what I'm doing. I need help. So we don't really know how old he was when he began his rule, but... Uh, he was probably a young king, but not likely the boy king that some people believe. God gives him wisdom when he requests it for ruling. In fact, uh, Solomon uh, has this time where he's speaking with God, and God says, Whatever you ask, I'm going to give it to you. And Solomon says, Give me wisdom so that I might rule well. And it is said that Solomon presided over the golden age of Israel, the time period in which Israel was probably the most influential, also the most secure. They did not see the wars and the conflict like they did prior during the reign of Saul and the early days of David, or during the civil wars in the later years of David. And it is much more secure and established than it will be later when the kingdom divides and is threatened by the Assyrian and Babylonian empires. So this is Israel's golden age, Wisdom is gifted, Solomon is given wisdom in ruling. And yet because of his rejection of Scripture's order not to marry foreign wives and not bind the nation to another nation, Solomon begins to allow and even personally entertains the worship of foreign gods that some would have required human sacrifice 
as part of their worship systems. It is my personal belief that Ecclesiastes comes from Solomon's old age as he reflects on life and realizes his failings. The main issue that we run into in the text gets repeated several times in the first chapter and it's one short phrase, all is meaningless. Solomon has spent his life as a king. He begins to look around himself and he realizes the futility in much of what we do. He points out that hard work merely begets hard work. How many of you can think in your lives of, of uh, those of you who are still working or those who are retired and look back on your work life and think about how you tried to be a hard worker, but rather than getting a pat on the back, instead you got more work dumped on you because you were seen as one that would get things done. Hard work begets more hard work. And we can't take what we earn with us. The world turns and our great and mighty acts don't really change much. The rivers still run to the sea and we are more or less acting in futility. Solomon also says there's nothing new under the sun. What seems new today is just so old that we forgot it. Look at the way fashion tends to do. What tends to happen, people say, oh, look at this, this is the new thing. No, it's what people were wearing about 30, 40 years ago. It just keeps going round and round. We look and look to find new things to see and hear, and we get exhausted as a result, and we are never satisfied. Even Solomon even points out that even wisdom has its limits because in the end, all wisdom is going to get you is the gift or curse of realizing the futility of things. We have just come off one of the most bitter election cycles ever. I would say the only other election cycle that was anywhere near as, that was more bitter than this one would have been the election of 1860. And if you don't know what I'm referring to with that, then go read your history book. I won't go and spell it out for you. The amount of money spent on winning said elections could probably have paid to feed several developing countries. We work so hard for our causes, and yet what actually changes? There is a song by the group The Who that has lyrics that says, Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. And it's true. I've lived through Presidents Reagan through Trump, and yes, all had very vastly different views for America, but let me ask you a question. Did anyone's life truly and fundamentally change under any of them? Just think for a minute. Has anybody's life fundamentally changed 
as presidential administrations change? My guess is no. We drill and we frack to get more oil just to burn it and need more. We make more stuff to replace the old worn out stuff. Nothing's new, nothing changes. We are consumed by a never-ending thread of social media and news that begs for our attention, saying, hey, here is a new thing, or hey, here's something new to worry about, only to be disappointed as we keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, endlessly searching for something that we don't know what. Now, in order to get much good news out of Ecclesiastes, we actually have to leave Ecclesiastes. Because I'm going to be honest, Ecclesiastes is a big downer. Sometimes we need to look at a big downer in order to understand what the good news really says. This first chapter focuses on the futility of work, knowledge, and the exhaustion of trying to find that one thing that will change our lives. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, it says this, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary, and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Jesus tells the people to come to him and his teaching, his way of living life. He will offer rest and peace and an end to the futility. In other words, that which Solomon seems to be seeking, a reason for living and an end to the futility is to be found in Jesus. Are you tired of the rat race? Statistically speaking, you probably are, whether you realize it or not. People in America are suffering burnout on a literally biblical scale. Suicide is a growing concern among many. We have looked and looked for something new to fill the void inside and every time we come up short. The internet does not hold the answers to the questions that you have. Our endless news feeds do not offer the end to the futility and the pain and the misery that we seek. But Jesus beckons us to him to take up his mode of life, of loving each other, healing each other, and loving God together as a family and find peace. It is not an end to the work, far from it, but it is an end to the futility and the meaninglessness. Jesus offers the meaning that we need in a world full of so much 
meaninglessness. Amen. my blessing for you all today, if I can find it here quickly, to come from the book of Numbers, chapter 6. In this new year, my prayer and blessing for you is this. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you peace. Amen and go in peace.